0: Range Podcast is brought to you by Vapor Trail Archery, makers of the best bowstrings money can buy, originators of limb driven arrow rest technology, and innovators of stokerized stabilizer systems. Welcome to The Range. I'm Ricky Bruley, and joining me, as always, is Hollywood. What's happening, bud? Not much, man. Just enjoying this talk, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> right? Like We're a just like... out. A, a little bit of a breather from the insanity that's going on right now in the oh, in the God. office yeah we're getting creamed
1: right now every which way pro shop office strings rests everything yeah it's so all coming at us it's at nice once little breather
0: it's usually how it goes and we've been there before so you know but yep. this is a kind of a nice little uh, retrieve or retreat from that I should say. Uh, well, thank you for joining us today, everybody. You can also find the video version of this episode on the Vapor Trail YouTube channel. So please head on over and subscribe. On the show today is a good buddy of mine, and in many ways, he's responsible for the direction my life took in my mid twenties, and most certainly the reason for my obsession with archery. I cut my teeth backcountry bow hunting with him, and very a very good amount of the knowledge I have with that was taught by him. He's a very successful hunter with a bow, both traditional and compound, and I'm super proud to know him, Mr. Ben Gatormson. Thanks for joining us today, man.
2: How's it going, guys?
0: <laughs> Pretty good, man. <laughs> the beard's looking solid. Thank you. It's looking good. <laughs> Long time no talk.
2: Yeah, no, it's uh, it's been a minute.
1: <laughs> a little bit. Even though I'm bothering you here and there, I think every week, and I I know you reach out to Rick trying to catch him, but...
0: Trying to catch me out. Yeah
2: <laughs> No man Either one of you guys You guys are always Welcome to reach out Anything I could ever do To help you You know I'm here So Lucky to call you guys Friends
0: Well that's very nice Of you to say man I appreciate yeah, that here.
1: Yeah and uh, For everyone that's uh, Watching uh, He is on the road Today and working So He's taking a podcast In his Lexus uh, Vehicle So <laughs> uh, He's doing God's work Right now While he's working <laughs>
2: Uh, passes the time,
0: yeah, yeah, cruising exactly. got the arrows in the back, I like it, I like it and and just for the listeners uh so you are a territory rep for outtech,
2: yeah, regional manager um there's a bunch of things you could you could call me, i guess but yeah so i I cover multiple states for uh sales and service or sales and marketing agency Mm -hmm.
0: so how many bows do you got in there with you when you're traveling
2: uh you know i carry a few it's hard to carry everything Uh, um and obviously at this point in the season everybody's seen most things but you know you you have to have representation of a little bit of everything so Mm -hmm. you you put in the important stuff and and I mean, here, before too long, we're going to be talking about 2024 products. So, Right, um, right.
0: Yeah, it's crazy how quick, quick time is flying, man. Speaking of PSE bows, uh, love and mine. Uh, never thought I'd I uh, shoot a PSE ever again, um, ever since the Polaris I got way back in 96. But I tell you what, man. <laughs> You got me talked into it, you know. You kept trying to get me to shoot your bows, and I kept turning it down because I had a feeling I was going to want to switch. And uh, lo and behold, here I am. But, again, no regrets I, with that. I love the bow. I, it's shooting I, awesome. So. I
2: think I I think I remember that. I think I remember that it was uh, two years ago. It was an EVL 34, right, with the EC yep. cam. And I had my, my personal bow, and... I was shooting eighty pounds then, and mm-hmm. you were like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna be able to pull that back." And you pulled it back. You're like, "That's not at eighty pounds." It was one of those, <laughs> one of those like awe, ah aw moments. Like really?
0: And then mm-hmm. I had I think
2: I had a a weight tester and I showed you and you're like, "Well, I could." Yep. You know, that's got to feel even better at seventy. So.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah i remember, I, remember too. I, I was like i was like prove it and it was at uh tac and big sky yep. and i'm like that's not 80 and you're like sure is i'm like prove it and of course he's got a scale right there in the tent <laughs> i was like you gotta be kidding me i'm like he rigged that thing or something what's <laughs> well, amazing yeah. like how efficient bows are now it's just
1: they they draw back so much smoother and like we've got that bow that I've been bothering Ben about, uh, that's an 80 pounder. Draws basically like my prime at 80 pounds. It's like this feels like my 70 pounder from mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. 10 years ago. Like what is that? That's the Evo. Evo XF. Yep.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's the that's the bow that uh, Ryan Haynes auctioned off for the Ailman uh, Isaac Ailman um, d- deal, and somehow one of our members managed to win it. So now that bow is in our shop. It's pretty crazy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Cool. He got he got loaded up with everything. I mean, Method Arrows, the uh, Kefaru setup, and Dialed, and R-Rest, all that stuff. It's pretty badass setup he's got now. It was like a, wasn't it like a $6,000 package or something in the end? I mean, there had to be at least that, the yeah. amount of stuff he got from, because Origin Camo, I think, also jumped in on it, and he got a bunch of stuff from them, and, like, it's just nuts. Mm-hmm. Just insane.
0: Crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, man, so we go way back, a lot of people probably don't know this, but uh, you actually first introduced me to Steve and Jared Fondy of Vapor Trail, and that's part of why I was saying that you're responsible for the direction my life took, because that's where once Sportsman's Warehouse shut down, that's the direction I took, and now I'm still here like 17 years later, so it's pretty crazy.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I I can't remember what year it was, but I think it was like around 2004, 2003 that
0: we met. Is that right? Well, yeah, well, it was probably 2005 because 2004 I was living in Phoenix, and then when I was living in Fargo working at Sportsman's Warehouse, you were working at the Coon Rapids Sportsman's Warehouse as the archery lead, and then you came down or came over for a shoot okay for a 3d shoot and then so that's when i first met you and that's when you were like hey dude you need to shoot this limb driver but yeah yeah so yep. put it on my bow and i've been shooting him ever since
2: there you go <laughs> now there you go here. The, the first uh, inaugural limb driven system ever introduced yep jared took a good tiger a, and reverse the spring, put a left-handed spring on it, and then attach the cord to the limb.
0: Yeah, exactly. So like, oh, it's
2: like, this out, it works. <laughs> and it works quite well. So.
0: It's funny, too, because when they presented the idea to Tiger Tough, they turned it down.
1: Yeah. And, and now but, no one
0: knows about them at all. I, do they, I don't even know if they still exist. I don't think do so. They? I don't Probably think they not. exist at all anymore.
1: I had no idea that was a thing until I think you told me that mm. it came from a Tiger Tough. Yeah.
2: I think they they may have been absorbed by one of those other companies like a Golden Key Futura or something like that back in the day. You
0: know, Probably, that? yeah. NAP or something.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, mm. but Tiger stuff had that unique design with the they they had the forks that went out yeah. and it made for a little bit more difficulty getting fletching clearance on a on a three fletch arrow because there was more surface contact with the shaft. So. um but it held the the arrow so much better for like tree stand hunting and and stuff like that. So crazy stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so not only um, are you the reason for my obsession with archery and, and, you know, taught me a lot about what I know as far as, you know, backcountry bow hunting and all that kind of stuff, but also paved the way for, uh, you know, me becoming a bow technician and taught me a lot of what I uh, learned in the beginning and, uh, you know, and still, every once in a while, it's like I'm having a I'm having a struggle, right? And I know you're a guy that I can reach out to, uh, you know, for tips and tricks on on how to solve issues when it comes to archery equipment. You're pretty, you're very knowledgeable in that area.
2: I appreciate that. Thank you.
0: So, so, um, so yeah. So going back to Sportsman's Warehouse, I, I wanted to tell kind of a funny story because actually the first time I met Steve. Uh, I had, well, I, when I first started working in Coon Rapids sportsman's warehouse with you, you were like, you got to put these vapor trail bowstrings on, you got to put them on. So I'm like, yeah, sure. Go, you know, if you can order me a set, that'd be great. And so, uh, Steve come walking in one day. Um, and I think I, I think about 12 times I had to say, Hey, did you order those strings yet? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Hey, did you order those strings yet? Oh yeah. I'll get to it. This is for your personal bow, or is for, this for, a for the bow I was shooting at the time? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so I think it was a Bowtech Allegiance 2005. Finally got them ordered. Steve came into the shop, and this was the first time I ever met him. He walked back to the archery counter, and uh, he brought the strings up, and they were they were pink. And I was like, oh hey, well <laughs> I go well, whose are these for? And Ben, you you looked at me and you're like, well these are yours. I was like, what? I'm pretty sure I ordered red and black, I think. And and you were like, well, it's a shade of red. <laughs> and then Steve's kind of looking at you going, what the heck? You know, because he, he had no idea that you were going to order pink strings for my bow. And then, so I was like, well, I'm not putting those on my bow. And then made the mistake of leaving my bow there overnight and came in the next day and Ben had the pink strings on my bow and it was all tuned and ready to go. <laughs> So I was like, all right, whatever. So I just, I rocked them. Um, but, you know, that was, that was classic, you know, uh, stuff that we would, that we would do, you know, to each other, you know, you know for that, the most part. I mean,
2: that, that's the thing to do now though, Rick, back then it was a different time. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I, what do so what do you mean by that specifically?
2: Ah, uh, different podcast, different day, I
0: think. Just leave it at gotcha. that. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> I was going to see if you would actually be willing to say it. But
1: were you, uh, were you fairly new to the shop at the time when Ben did that? Because you had just moved, right?
0: Yeah, I wasn't there for more than a couple weeks at that point. Oh, that
1: makes complete sense. Yeah. Yeah, there's got to be a little bit of hazing on the, yeah. the new guy. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, and I was an assistant manager, so I was like, I was like the floor manager. Mm-hmm. But I spent 90% of my time in archery. Mm -hmm. I hung out in archery with Ben and just learned, just watched him tune bows and worked on bows. And every minute I could get, I was in, I was in the archery department. And, uh, but yeah, so then that's where, um, that's where my, you know, passion and that's where we started, uh, doing some out West prairie hunting. I remember, I think it was that fall, 2006, I believe you were headed out. And you're like, hey, man, come with me. You can, you know, I I, I didn't have a tag, but it's just like, just come with. Let's, you can film for me and, you know, you can kind of see how it goes down. And so we cruised out there and, it, man, it was an absolute blast, been hooked ever since, you know. you weren't hunting at the time, you were just going along for tag along? Yeah, I didn't have a tag, so I just, and and the whole concept of, I didn't really even know at that time that there was any other bow hunting other than just hunting whitetails out of a tree stand, you know, yeah. I, that's how, I, like, that's how green I was to the whole thing, you know. And, I mean, I, you know, I had shot my bow for a long time, but not really, uh, I wasn't really dedicated. You know, I had that PSE for, you know, 10 years. Right. Or, you know, or something like that. And I would take it out once in a while when I was living in Duluth, but never really got out much. And then it was when I started working for Sportsman's that I got that allegiance.
1: And I, I really only asked, to because I was, like, 10 at the time. <laughs> so, like, I'm sure back then you could maybe over just, or just go and over the counter tag back then maybe, but these days you're, you're waiting three years for a lot of these states, yeah, you know, up to
0: eight. So, yeah. Well, yeah. actually, no, back then it was all you, it, it was a draw, but all you really had to do was get your application in and by and the, probably going to buy the deadline, which I think, Ben, I don't know if you remember was, it was like Feb, end of February, I think, or something like that.
2: Yeah. It was right, right before my birthday. So yeah. My birthday was March third, so if you if you applied, you they mailed you a tag.
0: Yeah. God. <laughs> and I think we I think we hunted in this specific area for like what seven straight years, probably. Oh yeah. Uh, Good lord. Yeah, and so and and even when you so when did you move to Montana?
2: I moved to Montana the spring of 2007. So I think it was like
0: 2000.
2: Four, five, and six when we screwed around out there.
0: No, it no. had to be. No, it had to be because um, again, I didn't. I didn't meet you till 2005. Either way, it maybe was you came yeah. Out so that
2: first year, maybe you came out that first year because you didn't have any friends because you just moved.
0: And <laughs> I didn't have any friends. You were and... my only friend, man.
2: Well. um uh... <laughs> – i glad I was there to support you in that time of your life.
0: <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, I guess.
2: You, you came out to North Dakota with me, and then I pretty much just bossed you around and yelled at you, like, the whole time.
0: <laughs> that was pretty much about how it went down. I was, like, your little <laughs> bitch for the whole week. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, and I that... remember
2: I remember getting my Tacoma High Center, and you're like, yeah. I remember seeing a video where, yeah, so much for Tacomas being, like, awesome. i don't know if you remember that but you you dished it back plenty so
0: what was that no i missed that
2: you dished it back just as much
0: oh well
2: we we had a great relationship where we just pretty much gave each other shit all the time
0: yeah i mean and i dished it up as much as i dared to because i mean you're about two of me so you know I, I didn't you know and you you had no qualms about wrestling you know or or just throwing down and i you would put me in some sort of pretzel every single time and so i'm like all right well i don't want to deal with that so um but yeah i mean it's kind of one of those things i guess you know what i mean I, I i got thick skin so i didn't it doesn't bother me none and obviously my pip squeak ass isn't going to uh <clears throat> is, it probably has no chance of offending you so
2: <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> I, I, they're
0: just words. It's nothing, nothing really bothers me that much. Yeah. Yeah. But Matt, we had some, we had a, a lot of really good times. Some probably, we, like you said, another podcast, another time, probably some things we can't even talk about. But yeah, I mean, uh, you know, all that, all that hunting we did, we've got some like amazing stories. You know, you were there for when I shot, um, uh, my second, well, my first and second mule deer out there. The second one was the, was that really long shot. You're my only, uh, legit witness to that. And, um, that was, that was one of those moments where it's like, you know, I'm doubting myself and you're like, dude, you can do this. I mean, there's no wind, there's no, I mean, and you've been practicing out, you know, long distance, you can do this. It's like, okay, I guess, you know? And so that was pretty awesome. Was that with the Bowtech Allegiance too? No, that was with the 82nd Airborne. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's a little bit newer. Yeah. And a, and a funny story about that boat too, the reason I got the 82nd Airborne is I was actually shooting a Guardian mm-hmm. and I was get just getting ready to go out to hunt with Ben uh, in November. I think it was probably the year before. And I had all my gear packed into my vehicle, and someone broke into my vehicle right in the parking lot of Sportsman's warehouse and stole everything. Oh they got God. everything. I had a gun in there. They had, I had my bow, all my hunting clothes, everything gone. Right before your away. trip. Just, I was going to leave that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember you that. right back that in was... the store? Oh, that was terrible. And then, luckily, the uh, my day. buddy – my buddy Cal was, uh, he's like, well, hey, you can just take my bow, and, you know, i he let me use his gear, and um, I never, I didn't end up having an opportunity, but uh, I had his bow, at least so I could get out there and run around, you know, with a bow in my hands, right, but, uh, yeah, and so then I think it was, that might have actually been, I don't know, maybe it was the second or third year, it's hard to keep track, there's so many years we went out there that, and, so, and sometimes we go a couple times a year, you know, and I, you, while you were in Montana, you'd cruise over and then I'd meet you. And a couple times your old man would come out. That was a blast having your dad out there. That was fun. Do you remember that, uh, do you remember that one year your dad was out there with us? It might've been the first year actually. And we were just running, like we were running and gunning trying to get over, over the next ridge, over the next ridge. You know, we'd see a couple deer and we'd try to go get closer and close the distance right away. And your dad got pretty gassed right away and was just like, this is, this is silly. I'm not going to keep doing this with you guys. And so he just parked and he's like, you guys go, I'm just going to sit here. And in the end, when we came back out, we found him and he ended up seeing more deer than we did (laughs) just by sitting there. Yep. That was funny. Man, I've
2: I've learned, uh, learned a lot since then in terms of being proficient as a hunter. I mean, not always is moving around all the time the best recipe you know right um,
0: right right the, exactly
2: concise in your movement and being you know positioning yourself in the right spot and spending as much time in the right spot is what it's about so
0: right exactly
2: you know, it brings back a lot of memories and 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 stuff and kind of Reminds you of where you came from, you know, the mistakes that you had to make to learn certain
1: things and everything. Right, right. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I'm, I think I'm lucky because Rick helped me with that last year before uh, it was my first ever time going out west at all, and uh, my learning curve was expedited, you know, exponentially because mm-hmm. Rick's like, don't go walking around all over all day. Like, just find a spot, like you are saying, Ben, you know, find it – put yourself in a good spot and sit and wait, just watch because yeah. you're probably going to see more and learn more by watching what they're doing. Then you position yourself again. And uh, if I hadn't had that little, I mean, tiny little bit of knowledge, but my God, I think I would have been screwed. Cause I just, every time you think out West, you think of uh, all these, you know, uh, CrossFit boys running around just you know, <laughs> high heart rate and just, you know, running up and down hills and, you know, all these uh, stocks and everything. Where uh, honestly, it's half the truth. Yeah, you know, I'm yeah. just like it.
2: The most, the most important muscle to, to exercise when you're in the field is your brain.
0: Yep, right. yeah, absolutely.
2: That's the that's the the one aspect of of us as, as humans that is far superior to any animal. And I think a lot of guys get caught up in the fitness thing anybody that knows me i'm a i'm in the car a lot i'm not in not in like tip-top performance shape and i'm i mean i i i'm fortunate I'm, I'm i'm a semi-successful hunter that i i think you know being smart and spending time is more important than you know the, the being in shape part helps unpack out you know that's you don't want to skip that first step though so
0: Right, 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 exactly, and and it it is. I want to touch on what you were talking about. You know, like the mistakes that we made back then, the things that you learn, and all that. I mean, and and going back to what you're saying about you know running around and everything, I was always impressed with with a a guy of your stature and how mobile you are. Like, I, I mean, you could fly down a hill so fast or I, I remember there's times where you were going to put a stock on which is what in the beginning most of the time I watched you doing the stocks because the agreement we had was that first person to spot the deer gets to chase it right and you know in retrospect it, that was a good really good way to do things because it really forced me into trying to figure out like what am I looking at what am I looking for you know what I mean because it was like that challenge all right who's going to be the first one to to, to find them. But still to this day, I guarantee you, you're always still probably going to be the first one to spot the deer before I do. And again, it's just about knowing what you're looking for and the experience, you know, and I, I think I talked about this a little bit on the pod, uh, one of our other podcasts, but I remember, you know, you'd be like, Hey, you see those deer over there? I'm like, Nope. <laughs> okay. Do you see them now? And I'm looking through my binoculars and I'm like, Nope, I don't see them. And you're like, okay so then you'd set your binos up on a tripod and then go all right come over here and look and then I look I'm like oh there is deer over there what the heck you know so even just that you know knowing what you're looking for helps out a ton and then and that helps you know obviously reduce the amount of um, you know the amount of running around you got to do but at the same time just like uh What you know, perseverance and drive. Because I remember when you killed Lefty that one year, way and that it was way back there. And he, I just remember you were gone. We had no idea where you were, we didn't know what was going on. It was getting dark, we weren't sure what the situation was. So we had a general idea of where you had gone. So it was it was four of us that were out there hunting. But so me and the other two guys, we had a we had an idea of where you were. So we just started going in, and it was completely dark out. And here Ben's got this buck on his back, the whole deer, like the <laughs> whole deer. Haynes. It wasn't no, but it was you know he broke it down, quartered it, you yeah. know, and all that kind of stuff. But you had all he had all four quarters, the head the back straps, everything on, on his back. And we're just like, holy, you know, and, and of course he, I mean, it's not to say that he was like, Oh, this is easy. He was, you know, struggling, but obviously we were there. So we each kind of took a quarter and then helped him get the rest of the deer out. But I could not believe that. I was like, you have the whole deer on your back. You're insane.
2: I, you know, and, and looking back, I've done that a few times on, on some deer and, you know, depending on the situation, I mean, two, three, four miles out, you know your feet are sore. You're, you know, as long as you're not gonna hurt yourself, and I'm, yeah. I'm kind of built to carry weight. You know my yeah, body type. Sure. I'm pretty stout, You've got big legs and stuff like that. But I never remember that there's any suffering because you're just you're bathing in the success you just had. And yep Exactly. it it's it's one of those things. It's, it's unexplainable. I mean, there, there have been a couple times that I've, I've hunted with my buddy Sam, uh, you know, in the prairie, and we, you know, I, I told him my plan, and I said, this is where I'm going. This is what I hope to do, and we'll see you later. And, I, you know, I, I packed a whole animal out, whole, or not whole, yeah. but like quartered, bone-in, yeah. quartered with everything like that, but you you never, you never remember that part of it. You never remember the suffer fest of the, like you have to really dig deep into your memories to, to remember that. It's it's crazy how your mind just kind of forgets that, that, that suffering that you go through after the fact. So. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Speaking of suffering, uh, that one, um, that one mule deer that I shot out there with you, I remember we were, you had a, you had a a pretty nice pack. I can't remember who made it, but, and I had like a Badlands like day pack or something (laughs) like that. Like it was not built for that sort of thing. Right. And so we had most of the deer on your pack. And then I think it was like maybe the two front quarters in my pack and but we had the head on your pack and it's like, well, I want to get some pictures with the head, you know, on my back and stuff like that. And you were like, you're like, all right, fine. Just, you know, you can put my pack on, I'll snap some pictures and then we'll switch back. And I'm like, okay, perfect. So I put your pack on and then you took some really nice photos, um, which thank you for that. Cause I, I cherish those photos. You took some great photos and then I was like, no, those are
2: awesome. Those are, those are, I remember those, the one where, I lined everything up perfectly, and it looks like you have deer ears and horns coming out of your head. Yep,
0: yep, yeah. <laughs> and stuff
2: like that. You'll have you'll have to show them on this, like when you air it on the YouTube
0: channel. I, but. I will for sure. I'll post some of those photos up because we got some video too. But uh, it, it, I just remember I'm like, you're like, all right, give me the pack back, and I'm like, all right, see ya. And I just start hiking out, <laughs> and you're like, and you're like yelling at me. You're like, you son of a, you know, because you didn't want to carry you didn't want to carry two front quarters in that crappy pack. Right. So, uh, yep. uh, and not to say Badlands isn't, isn't good. It's just, it wasn't the right pack for the job. It's a unsupported. Yeah. Pack. Yep. But then, so I bailed and Ben kind of stayed back and then took some shots from a distance too, some, some photos and got some really cool photos of that and everything. And so I just, and again, so speaking of, you know, not remembering the pain, right. So I had all that weight on my back and everything, and I'm just kind of getting through and I get all the way to the bottom. Uh, just getting ready to go up the other side and I don't know what would you say it was probably a mile maybe all the way across Ben I mean yeah, not a super yeah but...
2: yeah
0: yeah it wasn't super far yep. but again I'm not you know I'm I'm not a real big guy you know I'm like five eleven, hundred and fifty 150 pounds soaking wet so uh but as soon as I get to the bottom I hear Ben yelling he's like Ricky Ricky and I'm like what so I look back and He's up at the top, and he's just, like, waving me to come up there. And, and then he just disappears. And I'm like, oh, man, what happened? Like, I'm thinking, you know, something bad happened. So I'm, I'm like, well, I can't drop the pack. You know what I mean? I don't know if coyotes are going to get it or what. So I hike all the way back up to where I shot that deer. And here's Ben standing there talking to a mountain biker, and the guy said that he spotted a dead deer um like over on this other ridge and so we were going to go check it out but so ben so so i hucked that pack all the or the whole that half of the deer all the way back to where we started (laughs) so that we could go find this other dead deer i'm just like god dang it ben (laughs) he's just laughing (laughs) classic ben just laughing but he was nice enough to let me continue to take the deer out the whole way with his pack, and he just got some really amazing shots on the way out so are those the cool. photos by your desk? yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, those are awesome yeah yeah i I don't have that success. that was a,
2: that that pack was made by granite gear
0: Oh, oh. it was a granite gear okay. uh,
2: so granite gear is actually I think they might have been based out of Minnesota for a while, but. Yeah. They had a military section where they, they bid on military contracts and that was a multi-cam pack. And it, yep. I think it was called the crew cab. Mm-hmm. It just had a big load shelf mm-hmm. and a real small bag on the back of a load shelf. And mm-hmm. I mean, back then they were competing against like mystery ranch for like military contracts. Mm-hmm. And, and they made like rec packs, like boundary waters packs and backpacking packs. They still make some really cool stuff mm-hmm. that's out there. And, I think I still have a Granite Gear pack that my wife uses. Oh, right on. Uh, right now. I want. Um, I want to. But s- yeah, I mean, sh- shout out to that that brand. I still actually have that pack, Rick. Too. That's like one I have not gotten rid of.
0: Really?
1: That's that's what we use for the yep. Boundary Waters. My that's dad crazy. Has a couple of those Granite Gear packs.
0: I have a Granite Gear portage pack that I use in my canoe. Yep. Um, I want to say they were out of Tofty.
1: Yeah, Minnesota, I think which you're is right. it's up on the
0: north shore, but I'm way north Minnesota. Yeah, I'm looking here on their um, on their website, but it doesn't really say. Either way, yeah, they make some pretty good gear. Uh, that was that was a fun trip. That was really cool. Uh, uh, and then you were there with the with me for the first mule deer that I shot. That was a that little forky, but that was pretty cool because I shot him, and then it ran up the hill and died right on the road. <laughs> lucky so all we had to do is just actually what we had to do is we had to um, to get some good pictures we had to drag it kind of up this hill and that was another uh, some other cool photos that Ben had got with the sun was just setting in the background and so got some really cool photos and that that was one thing I learned from you too is taking good quality photos and and a lot we would take hundreds of photos hundreds yeah you probably still do
2: I don't know what it, what it is, but I think social media ruined it for me. Like I take yeah. like four cell phone pics of stuff I feel now. And it I really need to change that. You know, my kids are growing up. I mean, I'm getting pictures of them with fish left and right and stuff like that. And I, I got to get back to that. And so I've changed quite a bit since then. It seems like anymore. I, I snap a few cell phone pics. Yeah. Uh, I don't carry a camera with me. And I really need to get back to that because it, it really adds to the memory and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's social media has, like, ruined the whole trophy photo. Like, I I like to keep a lot of my success to myself. Uh, I don't post stuff. So it's like, oh, I don't need pictures. But I, I really need to kind of get back to that. That's, I guess that's it. that's a message to anybody that's getting into this
1: needs to wash his hands it looks like <laughs> here he is
0: are you back we lost you there for a Come second I now? <laughs> <laughs> all i saw was a flash of the bird you want me to start over again? uh so no, um, no so where we lost you again was you know you're just saying you got to get really you really got to get back into it and i think um yeah, yeah. i i uh you know and i kind of get it you know and, and correct me if i'm wrong but for as long as I've known you, you've gotten a lot of scrutiny. Um, And I, and, and it's, it all comes down to your success, you know, and there's just, there's people that can't handle other people being successful. And, you know, you know, we used to shoot leagues back in the day and you were always getting accused of cheating, you know, and it's like, people just couldn't, couldn't understand that someone could shoot a bow that well. And And it's just like, and I imagine the same thing goes for the success that you've had with a bow, you know what I mean? Like, and you always, you always put everything you have into it and, and God bless your wife uh, because definitely, um, you know, she's a big part of your ability to do that. And, uh, but again, you know, the the one year you, you said you were going to pick up a recurve and I was like, oh man, that's cool and you had like one of the best seasons you've ever had you know and so and i can just see people you know kind of again you got to deal with the negativity right because people can't handle your success and so like i said correct me if i'm wrong but maybe that's part of what's going on and why you why you are jaded on social media and i get it too cuz i've been there i i don't do a lot but i have been more frequently just out of more out of necessity but at the same time you know uh whether you post it on social media or not yeah I think it, I think you definitely got to get back into that like you said to, to create those memories and
2: yeah and you know I mean I like to do stuff because of the enjoyment I get out of it mm-hmm. like the experiences that I get to have and, and stuff like that and I feel like that's becoming more and more rare um, i I feel like the pressure to put stuff on the internet to kind of pound your own chest and stuff like that Mm -hmm. takes from the experience, you know, you, 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 because you're not successful unless you can post a picture of something. Mm
0: -hmm. Right.
2: And a, a sunset or a landscape picture with you and it just doesn't cut it. And I don't know. I mean, if, if I could, if I could put a message out there, you know, I mean, don't, don't do things to be a YouTube star. Don't do things to be, you know, the, the guy on social media, do things because you like it, do things because you enjoy it, and act in the field how you would want someone else to act. Right. Mm-hmm. If, if you were the other guy. And, and, and a lot of times I think that gets pushed to the side to get that trophy photo mm-hmm. to, to be successful. And, and you remember back when we were, in, you know, Hunting mule deer in, you know, we'd go in the spring early when it would just open, and then we'd go again in like November over Thanksgiving. And, and like, we were there for the experience. There was yeah. no social media then. They no. had like, they had like MySpace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, like the, the pictures that we took, like, you have them on your desk, you know, that's, yeah. that's cherishing the memory. It's not, it's, Like that's for you that's not for anybody else and I feel like everybody has moved to to try to do things to impress their peers and you know it's it's for you know not as much the right reason you can still be passionate about something but if like part of the goal is to to you know show a picture to all your friends and everything like that I think you know step back think about it a little more you know concentrate on the experience and maybe 10 years down the road when you can find that memory card with those photos on it look at them you know Mm -hmm. so and i got caught up in it too i mean i for for a few years i i posted a lot of my success on social media and then i was running into people in the mountains and they were like oh yeah i know i know who you are i saw i saw what you what you did i saw what you killed and i'm like Next thing you know, there's like, oh, I know where he hunts. And, and then there's that added pressure and everything else.
0: Yeah. And,
2: you know, it's, it's I think that's kind of a Western thing because we have public land that anybody can come hunt at any given point in time. Mm-hmm. But I've had experiences with people in the field where, you know, you're, you're just working with them to make sure you both don't have interactions on you know after the same animal in a situation or something like that and i've had i've had guys completely like take the information that i've been forthcoming about and then burn me with it Mm, yep and i think you know i mean social media is awesome because it's showing us the potential that's out there that you know we're sharing you know opportunities and, and that's why in the west I mean, to draw a tag anymore, there there are no there are hardly any over the counter tags anymore and it's it's only gonna get worse. So you gotta you gotta kinda look at you know, why you're doing things, how you're doing things and yeah. and everything else. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, to the whole picture taking thing, yeah, I've kind of gotten out of it, but I really need to think about it in the long term because maybe when I have pictures to show my grandkids of some of the achievements that I've been able to do so and I I I try not to make it a big deal like I'm not the best hunter in the world I never will be but I think what lends itself to success is using your brain and putting in the time and you 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 touched on that Ricky and just the amount of like I might not be able to get your strings ordered on time but if I got a a target acquired situation in the field with a particular animal chances are I'm gonna concentrate on that at the highest level of concentration you'll probably see out of me on anything
0: yeah yeah so, for sure I mean you I know you work hard you know that's the thing is and and people don't get that but you know, I, I know you're scouting, you're out there a lot and, and you do have the luxury of, you know, having a career that affords some of that stuff, which is, which is amazing too, you know, and that's just kind of, you put yourself in that position, uh, you know, to help with your success, you know, and I, I, so I'm kind of scrolling through your uh, Instagram here a little bit. And, um, yeah, so the last thing you posted was a repost. It was 2018, and it's a really cool photo. You were up hunting with Sam, looks like. And then the one before. Yeah,
2: Sam took that picture. Yep.
0: Yeah, and then did Sam take the one too where uh, you, you're uh, over that elk, and it says "respect the animal, respect the game"?
2: No, Kevin, my cousin took that picture.
0: Oh, right on. Yeah, that was a great, great um, photo too. I I
2: actually had a DSLR with me on that trip and. I shot that bull in the evening and I, I backed out. Um, it was a good shot. Bull went like 80 yards, but it was, uh, it was just one of those scenarios. It wasn't a, I wasn't, I didn't hear him crash. His whole herd was just hanging out. They still didn't know what had happened. And I backed out and I climbed out. I talked to Kevin. So I, I said, oh, I'm going to throw this. I got my camera with, uh, I'm going to throw it in my pack just in case. And, and, we found that bull dead in a bed. Like it was less than a hundred yards from the, the point of impact with the arrow and, and the sun was coming up and it was coming through the trees like that. I'm like, Oh man, can you take a couple photos like this? And, and you know, it was, it was just, those turned out super awesome. Those, those pictures. So
0: yeah. Yeah. They're amazing. They're amazing. And it speaks a lot to like you're saying, you know what I mean? Respect the animal, respect the game. I mean and to to kinda go back to what you were saying about, you know, social media and all that kind of stuff. And I'm I'm guilty of, you know, posting some success uh photos and people like calling me out for where I was hunting, you know. And you know, sometimes you don't you're just not thinking about it, you're all excited and you're like, Man, this backdrop is just amazing. I gotta get a photo with this backdrop and then it's like, oh, I got to show this to the world, and then you post it, and then I got people going, bro, like, what are you doing? You know, yeah. like, don't – I know you? that spot. Yeah. So, and then I'm like, oh, man, you know, so definitely been guilty of that for sure. I'm, I'm much more conscious of, um, you know, being careful in that area now, but again y- – you know, and like you like you were saying, you had cut out for a little bit there and hopefully that um we were able to get it recorded on your end. But back in back when me and you used to hunt a ton together we could get the tags over the counter, it was no problem. And now it's that's a lot more difficult to get tags. And so and and for good reason I guess. I, I you know, I try to look at it as you know, a a you know, a way of just, you know, kinda trying to um regulate how many people are out there running around and uh, you know, I guess there's probably a lot of, I've run into a lot of people out, out in, you know, the Western Prairie that, you know, probably shouldn't be, they have no business being out there sh- shooting animals with a bow, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, so there's, I'm sure there's a lot of, a lot of that going on, you know, a lot of potentially wounded animals, which I can't judge cause I've done the same, you know, I've wounded a couple of bucks, wounded a couple of bucks hunting with you and, um, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, now I don't ever want that to happen again. You know, I mean, and we've, and, and one thing I learned from you too is, is putting in an exhaustive search because we've gone back and looked, we've gone back in the spring and looked, you know, just to, just to try to do everything we can to make sure that we, uh, you know, try to find that deer. I, there was the, there was that one where it was like, there's I had opportunities that I could have gone after other other deer but I was like no I got to I'm not shooting another deer until I figure out what's going on with this one and you know I yeah. learned that from you too so um yeah respect the animal respect the game and 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 that's awesome that's one of the things that I've always really appreciated about you and and just the way that you hunt
2: no thank you uh
0: so I wanted to talk a little bit about okay so you're now you got two little ones now so you're your dad and that's yep. probably one of the biggest uh obstacles I think that we've probably ran into since uh as far in regards to us hunting together was you know the kids came along and <laughs> cuz we haven't hunted together for a, a long time yeah so you got you got two little ones you got uh Kyler and Scout
2: it's it uh definitely uh it's definitely life changing it's but at the same time, looking into the future, like, I've taken my boy to a bunch of 3D shoots with his little bow, yeah. and he loves it and everything like that. Like, you get to pass your passion on, and, and like, you know, I, I, I took the kids fishing this last uh, weekend, and, you know, the, like, having them reeling in fish that are almost pulling them off the boat is, is a pretty good time, too. <laughs> you know what I mean? So.
0: Yeah, for sure
2: like that. You you're hovering right there like if they they ever lose control of that fishing rod, you can at least grab it and at least save the rod.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Kind of a situation. Mm-hmm. So yeah. But uh no, man, it's it's uh you know, it's it's definitely worth mm-hmm. it for sure. So
0: yeah, yeah, no, it's awesome. I I know that uh I'm looking forward to you know, Coda's old enough now, too. We've been trying to get him out and do some stuff. But he's more, he, he likes to move. He doesn't li- he doesn't have the patience to sit. And so as far as, you know, hunting and stuff, he really likes grouse hunting. He likes to hit the trails, and he likes to shoot guns and, you know, that sort of stuff. And then Emma, you know, obviously she's, um, she's going to be three here coming up pretty soon. But I feel like she's going to be... Um, I feel like she's really going to be into hunting. I think that she's really going to enjoy shooting a bow. We've already gotten out a lot. She loves animals. Uh, hopefully not so much that she doesn't ever want to shoot one. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and that's just it. You know, it's amazing how it's amazing how kids can soften your heart, you know, and, and make you and completely change you, right? Like, uh, but at the same time, you know, you still got to have your time out in the woods and you got to do all that kind of stuff. So last year you were telling me a really cool story about how you shot your elk and uh, you had the kids there with you. Um, uh, Can you uh, tell that story to our listeners about how that all went down? We'll be right back.
1: New for the 2023 archery season is our brand new online arrow customizer. Build your victory or Easton arrows with multiple vein options, configurations, and custom arrow wraps in a large array of designs and colors. Spine indexing and expedited build options are also available so you can get back out in the field and flinging in style. Check out the Vapor Trail arrow customizer at www.vaportrailarchery.com forward slash arrow customizer.
2: No, so so I hunted uh, two states last year. I spent a fair amount of time in the mountains early,
0: um, hunting out of state,
2: and then uh, my wife had a she's got a tie dye business, and she was going. She had a concert that she had gotten a booth at, and I told her I'd come out and help her with that. So I came out and helped her. You know, coming home on the weekends and stuff like that is kind of my mo. And then I, I can work from the field. I typically hunt places where I have full service. So I can hunt mornings and evenings and then, you know, maintain my workload during the day. So a lot of long days and, you know, sometimes there's a lot of naps that happen, but it works out. So after hunting the mountains and I, I didn't really find anything I wanted to put my tag on, I helped my cousin a little bit, you know, try to, try to put his tag on something. After a couple weeks of that, I came home, helped my wife. And then hunted uh, hunted the second half of the season. And season was kind of winding down. And, you know, I'd been on a couple of good bulls the second half of the season, but nothing had worked out. And um, my wife, the last two years, had been working on her master's degree in uh, education administration. So her, like, workload with school and having two – young kids was through the roof. So her, uh, her, we'll just say her tolerance of me being gone a lot was pretty much gone (laughs) at the end of the season. And, and I said, okay, weather was looking good. I'm like, I'm taking the kids. I'm going to go back to a couple of my spots that I know I might be able to get something done. I don't know. And she's like, good. Take them. Get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> pretty much and uh, i took him with me and it was more about the experience for them right. i wanted them to hear elk bugles and and sea elk and and everything and and you know short hikes nothing crazy took them out to one spot at coyote up in had multiple bull elk bugling and stuff like that and my daughter was like bugling back <laughs> just with her voice cool. uh, and they were like responding you know, of course, they're off the public land that I could hunt. They were on private, but it was about the experience, you know I mean it's kind of a one of those things and so we hunted that evening um, I packed them up and I drove to the complete other side of the unit after dark mm-hmm. um i I forgot their favorite cereal for breakfast, oh, so I stopped <laughs> in, in the in the transition from one side of the unit to the other. And we're talking, you know, over a hundred miles. So it was a, it was a couple hour drive. And (laughs) I set up, I set up a movie for them after dark as we're driving to the other side. I, I, and I couldn't find their favorite cereal. So I got blueberry pancakes for them. (laughs) Nice. Uh, Just instant mix it with water and, and everything like Mm -hmm. that. I'm like, I'll cook this for you tomorrow morning. So we get there. It's like, I don't know, 1130. They're, half zombied out in the back of the truck. I put him to bed. I know the movement pattern that the elk have been moving. I've been on a couple of big bulls in this spot. Um, woke him up before light, moved into one of the transition areas. And the first elk out right at first light. And this is me and my kids. <laughs> I, I had no additional support. This was just me trying to, Keep them happy. Keep them quiet. Everything
0: else. And so they're three. They're three and five, right? Three and five. Three at years this old time. and five years old. And 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 Wake mind you, and mind you, they have the same energy level that you do, which is through the roof. Pretty much. Yeah,
2: I'm getting paid back <laughs> for all the
0: stuff I did. <laughs> yes, as you are. Yes, you are.
2: So, get them out there. The first elk out happens to be one of the nicer bulls that have been using this piece and this is this is open country this is not a lot of cover i'm i'm at a, a a big juniper bush with the two kids this bull walks by you know and i'm probably you know half a mile three quarters of a mile in you know away from you know where we camped mm-hmm. and uh this bull comes by he comes out i can see him Uh, it's gray light so you you can you can see his general shape you throw the binoculars up you can see a little more detail and you're like yes that's a bull yes that's a bull i would shoot and then he starts coming by he comes by at 130 yards you know no shot and he's moving through public up along the edge of this draw and he kind of drops into one of the one of the small arms in this draw. And before he's out of sight, I'm like, I I think he's going to, you know, just knowing animal behavior, I think he's going to hit that fork in the draw and he's going to take the fork. That's my side of the draw. So I turn to the kids and say, Hey, just wait here. I'm going to run up there. You'll be able to see me just hold still, be quiet, you know? Mm. And they were both in awe that this elk just walked out in front of them. They didn't make any noise. And then you know, the, this bull was slowing down. There were more bulls in the field that they were coming out of, and they were, they were bugling a lot, and this bull had been silent. Mm. But we were, we were ahead of him, and I'm like, okay. So he starts feeding as he kind of goes into this draw, like slowing down. Like he's moving across this big open flat he's, he's at a a good clip. He's at a good brisk walk. And then he gets back a little ways, kind of more concealed. He slows down and I'm like, I can catch him now, Mm. you know? And anybody that's ever tried to follow an animal with four legs, you know, Mm. when you only got two, it's pretty tough
1: to do. Yeah. Yeah. Chance.
2: But I kept up with him and,
0: um,
2: he did, he took that fork that was on my side of the draw and i get up to the edge of this we'll call it a ravine it was about probably from lip to lip it was probably 70 yards or 80 yards across the bottom of it was flat and was probably 20 yards across so that the sides of it kind of had you know some contour to it you know and typical like open country stuff it has you know breaky stuff it has uh you know, little trails and stuff that the animals use to in and out, and it could be cattle, it could be, it could be deer, it could be elk, whatever it is. So I get up to the edge and I immediately see his rack and only his rack, and I pull up the rangefinder. I burn, I burn his rack several times, and it was like, I think it was like 63, 64 yards, 65 yards, something like that. And I like to shoot within my five pin. I don't, I don't shoot animals. Like, I used to outside of that, that 60, 65-yard range, unless it's, like, the perfect scenario. I mean, that's kind of my limit. Sure. Uh Back to, you know, respect to the animal and everything like that. I don't think in the last 10 years I've killed anything beyond about 60, 65. Okay, yeah. So, so, I I ranged him, and then I thought, I'll just use his rack as, like, a bearing on what his condition is. And he had heard me coming. Okay. Um, in in the grass, so he he was looking my direction when I initially saw him. And I stopped, but all I could see was his rack, so he couldn't see me. And then as soon as I saw his rack start moving, I'm about 10 yards from the edge of the ravine that he's in. And as soon as he starts moving, I'm low-stepping, you know, as low as I can, but full strides to the edge. And I had an arrow knocked, and I thought, I'm going to match him step for step. And he's going to see me when I skyline from his angle. And he's going to stop and he's going to look back. And as I have started following him, as he's kind of taking steps out of the ravine, I get over probably within two or three yards of the edge. I figured he was at the same distance. Uh, Drew back, held my 60 just a little bit high. It ended up being 63 yards. Uh, he was quartering away, hit last rib, uh, arrow buried to the offside shoulder. I was shooting a, a three-blade expandable, an XO three from B three, and he jumped on the shot. Obviously, the reaction and um, made it up the hill, and I think he made it like sixty yards and died. <laughs> <Holy God. laughs>
0: That's so awesome. <laughs>
2: and uh, <laughs> I, I, I. You know, he he gets up there, he's looking around, like what happened? And then he fell over. (laughs) Like fell over like semi into a bed. Oh man. Head's still up, so I'm still quiet, calm, collected. I'm like, okay, now what what do I do? Um I'm like, you know, do I you know, and immediately everything starts rushing through your head. Do I need to get closer for follow up? Do I need to do I need to do this? Do I need to do that? Um And then he tried to get up, and he couldn't get up, and he fell over, and then he started kicking his legs, and then I knew he was done. And it it was all probably 15 seconds, 15 to 20 seconds total. And the rush (laughs) of emotions that you go through in that scenario are pretty ridiculous. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's a situation where, you, you never know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you never know until you walk up on them and you put your hands on them what they're going to do, and the shot felt good uh initially, I thought, oh is uh is that far back but i you know in in realizing that he was quartering away and I held where I needed to hold the shot couldn't have been placed more perfect, you know right around that last rib, hit the offside shoulder, buried to the just about the fletch. Jeez. And then I walked back to the kids and, and grabbed them, and I was like, you know, they, they hadn't moved. They'd done exactly what they were supposed to do, and they, they remained quiet. I'm like, okay. So we walked back out towards the truck, kind of got rid of a bunch of stuff that I didn't need, kind of started to settle everything down, kind of get ready to go back in, and, and that's, I mean... It was, that was it. (laughs) I was able to get the whole elk packed out to the truck. Uh, There was a gentleman that stopped and was talking to me, and and he was gracious enough to help.
0: Oh, that's cool. Uh,
2: He was more than happy to, like, you know, and and it was in the open. like, there was a certain point where if you kind of walked up on this little hill, you could look over to where it was, and there's a big, animal laying in the middle of this big flat Mm -hmm. you know that stuck out like a sore thumb (laughs) and you know he was like yeah i'll help you and he was like oh let me take this one this quarterback while you're breaking them down and then i'll come back and we'll get the next two together and and then you can come back and get the last one so his name was john he was a super super nice guy still have his number that's
0: cool that's really cool
1: were your your kids there helping you uh pack that thing out too and you showing them how to dress it no
2: absolutely not they they destroyed everything in my pack while I was there I I had a brand new like black diamond headlamp with a big lithium-iron battery pack on it that went missing uh, I had a card reader I carry a card reader around to check cameras when I'm out yeah. um, and the screen was shattered in that my daughter had every snack in my pack eaten. of course you know my son did too um, and it's, it's funny cause I, I knew exactly where everything was. And, and like a month later I was in the, that area and I made the drive down to that spot. And I walked in that half mile after dark, I had a big flashlight and my, if anybody's ever used those black diamond headlamps, they have a reflective logo on them. Yep. So I walked back to the carcass with a flashlight, I panned around and sure enough. About 15 yards away from the carcass, on the other side of a big sage bush, was my headlamp. So, <laughs> got it back, but uh, so we got back to the to the truck, uh, and I was able to cook them breakfast, and they got their blueberry pancakes and and everything else, and then we made it home by about dark, and uh, yeah, I mean. It was a it was a good bull. It was a bull that I'd had some encounters with earlier in the year, but didn't didn't get it done. I think he went just over 350. I think he scored like 352 for reference. So oh, um, the kids didn't want anything to do with being anywhere near it for pictures. Oh really? <laughs> I got I've got you know my phone was set to like motion pictures, and my so I've got like little three three second three second like splits of uh of the actual picture <clears throat> and my daughter's like holding their nose and kicking trying to get out of my arms so my <laughs> son wouldn't get here uh you know my daughter was fine until my son wasn't and then you know how kids can kind of yeah. just absorb each other's opinion mm-hmm. yep mm-hmm. so but uh no i've that uh, that hunting experience, and you know, I don't know how I'm I'm as fortunate as I am, but it seems like I say this every couple of years. I'm like that yeah, that'll be tough to top. Mm-hmm, that'll be tough to top. And I've I've told a couple of people this story that are you know that are in my you know my friend group and stuff, and they're like, yeah, I think you hit a point where you're not ever gonna <laughs> yeah <laughs> gonna beat that one out. I mean, there's no size animal, no nothing can really surpass an experience like that with your kiss with and and everything else.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't know about Scout. You know, I try to think of when I was, you know, I I don't know if I remember a lot from when I was three, but I imagine, you know, if I was uh, Kyler's age, I I would probably remember that for my entire life, you know, whether it be a good memory or bad, I don't know. But um, uh, it's just really cool that they were there. And, like, so – when you went back to them after you shot that bull, did you tell them right away that, that you shot it and that it was dead, or did, or did you, just, you just said, hey, let's pack it up and go back to the truck, or how did that go down?
2: Well, I went back, and and, and Scott, I, I don't remember specifically, but I remember telling him, like, yeah, Daddy got him. <laughs> and Scout, you know, in, in my best three-year-old voice, did you did you catch him? <laughs> of course. You know, you know like it was it was uh it was one of those things where they were both still pretty zombied out. Yeah, like,
0: yeah, for sure.
2: If anybody's if anybody's put a toddler to bed at like eleven thirty and then woke him up at like five thirty the next mm-hmm. morning, I mean, you kind of don't know what you're gonna get. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you're gonna get. Uh, yeah.
2: Either a zombie that's just gonna be quiet and do exactly what you say, mm-hmm. or somebody that's gonna whine and sob and cry, or somebody that's gonna scream and lash out mm-hmm. at you.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it's definitely meant to happen, you know, just because you know you think about that, all the things that could have gone wrong, and you know, you, you know, one of the kids they they, they could have started fighting or something over there, making all kinds of noise and alerted the okay, bull, yeah. or there's you know so many different things could have happened, and the fact that they were. Just there, just chilling and staying quiet and giving you that op- providing you that opportunity to get in and take the shot is just it's I don't know, such a cool story and, and again, yeah, you might you're probably gonna have a hard time topping it, but uh either way, what a cool story, man. Definitely. You might have to um uh send me some photos uh from the some of your hero shots from that if you don't mind.
2: Yeah, um, I can do that. No, absolutely. I'm I'm proud of that. I don't I don't know a lot of people that have found success bow hunting with a three and a five year old.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I don't know that that it'll, they ever will. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, myself, I, I don't
1: even have kids yet, so I'm uh I, I'd say I'm fortunate but unfortunate because right now would be a killer time to be running state to state, you know, and doing all these hunts, but oh my god, with you know, all the points that you need to allocate and man i would have had to start when i was like you know 17 Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. for some states now so it's kind of unfortunate for me but uh it is kind of nice going home just be like yeah i'm gonna go hunting so yeah have fun with the dogs (laughs) i was just
0: gonna say take advantage of this opportunity for a little while you know because those first few years are you know tough to tough to get out and run around you know but um but yeah you'll uh you got you got a good uh you got a good uh role model for a dad, you know what I mean? So right no, no doubt in my mind you'll uh you'll be a good dad as well and definitely uh need to need to be one someday. Well,
1: I mean like look at ears too. I mean, he had his kid and I don't know how much he's really been hunting either. So, uh, Cuz Sawyer's like what th- maybe three or two.
0: Yeah, right? Yeah, not quite. I can't remember now. Two. Yeah, yeah, two maybe going
1: on mm-hmm. three, but yeah, I mean I I would like I said I'd love to be running around and this year I was thinking about uh um going out elk hunting, but with that house, not a chance. Yeah, there's no chance that I'm gonna be spending <laughs> seventeen hundred bucks on a tag on top yeah. of a mortgage. So right. uh right. yeah, maybe maybe one day I'll have that chance. I don't know if I'll be elk hunting with kids either, but mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> de- definitely whitetail. That'd be sweet. And my dad used to bring me out like oh, when I was yeah. that age you know and mm-hmm. I'd watch and it was so awesome doing that where're were, uh Kyler and Scout, was their uh, nasty face because the uh rutted up bowl or because i've I've never been around a you know a rutted up elk but I've heard they can stink quite greatly but oh yeah they've
2: got a definitely a an odor to them i mean just just like a a white tail in mid November yep. you kill one and you one of those smells that you just know antelope have one elk have one you know it's it's a and whitetails tails have them, mule deer have them i mean it once you've smelled it it's indistinguishable yeah. and it's something that stays with it. that that's that <laughs>
1: something i remember when i was like five years old or six years old when my dad killed his deer like that smell of their glands it's just like oh yeah good lord and then you know yeah. i got to witness the fortunate event of like maybe one of two or three deer he's ever poked a gut on and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> you're sit I'm sitting there on the log yep. watching dad, you know, gut this thing. I'm like, this is terrible, <laughs> Yeah, you know, but it was also so cool. And I think that's what, you know, obviously got me to where I am and being not pushed into it, but guided into it. Mm-hmm. It's pretty awesome. But yeah, right now, I mean, last year was great when I was running around out West. It was just like, you know, call the wife. How are you doing? Great. Sweet. All right. Good night. Going. <laughs> like, you know, there's nothing to worry about. I can just do what I want, mm-hmm. not have to worry. But, yeah, definitely one day it would be sweet to share that opportunity.
0: Well, folks, that brings us to the end of this episode. If you want to try and find Ben, good luck, because you're going to have to cover a lot of ground in the prairies and mountains of the West. <laughs> uh, he is non-existent on social media. I mean, you can find him, and you can look at his past. Um, and who knows? Maybe this uh, maybe this podcast uh, might uh, prompt him to to get back out there. But even if you don't totally get it, uh, there's no need for that. As long as you just like like the advice he said, just have fun with it and don't focus so much on showing off what you're doing and beating your chest and all of that. Right?
1: Even if you can't find Ben on social media, just know there's this <laughs> super cool orange bearded viking running around somewhere (laughs) (laughs) but you can find us on the range podcast or at the range podcast on instagram and facebook and you'd find me jake ivy3 on instagram if you like to see a lot of failure um and (laughs) pictures of dirt and grass (laughs) because i don't kill a lot
0: uh or you can find me on
1: facebook uh jake iverson and hollywood in parentheses where can you they find you rick
0: Uh, You can find me at ricky.wayne80 on Instagram and rickywbrewley on Facebook. Again, please be sure to head over to our Vapor Trail YouTube channel. If you like the video, hit that thumbs up button and make sure to subscribe so you can be up to date on all things archery. If you are listening, uh, make sure to give us a rating and be certain to give us five stars. Big thanks again, Ben, for taking the time out of your day uh, on the road to hang out with us. Uh, yeah, man, looking forward to getting this one out there and and uh, so people can hear the amazing story of elk hunting with your kids. And um, yeah, man, thanks a ton. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Ben.
1: Yeah,
2: appreciate you guys having me on, man. It's uh, it's always fun to gab about hunting
0: and stuff. So. Yeah. Damn straight. For sure, and I think we honestly just barely scratched the surface. So hopefully we can have you on again sometime. Really appreciate it again. And with that, we are going to pack up our bows and arrows, and we are going to leave the range. Have a great day, everybody. Peace. Vapor Trail is now offering an exclusive discount to the range podcast listeners. Enter promo code TRP15. That's TRP15 at checkout for 15% off VTX bowstrings and Vapor Trail and Stokerized branded t-shirts, hats, and other gear. Ooh. Heard it. What nice shot. What in the lane? hell went flying? <laughs> I think I
2: think he cut the
0: I think he cut the tube at the bottom.